0: Welcome to the Greater Nashville Realtors Podcast. I'm your host and 2020 President, Christy Hairston. In spite of the coronavirus, we wanted to bring you tips for your taxes. Now, I know that based on what's happened with corona, the government has decided to push our taxes back to July 15th. However, it's always a good time to talk about good tax tips and things that we can take forward for this year. I'm not going to be asking the tax questions for you today because we have our very special guest, CPA Jason Grubbs is here with us, and he has a locally owned firm here in Brentwood that specializes in taxes and accounting services for individuals and small businesses. We are very excited to have Jason on the show today. So welcome, Jason. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, we're glad you're here and especially to talk about this riveting subject of taxes. So today we're just going to have a conversation and get a little more in depth with the top three to five questions that are most prevalent for realtors when it comes to taxes. So if we were going to get started, I would say agents and realtors want to know what can I deduct?
1: Right. And speaking to a lot of groups of people in this particular industry. What I would want to tell you as far as deductions go is a typical realtor can deduct reasonable and ordinary expenses that you spend to make money. Now, that's a very broad topic because everybody has a different way of going about doing their business and has different expenses that they may have. So what you can deduct is those particular expenses because every realtor is different. So for instance, automobile deductions is usually a very large deduction that real estate agents have. You're in your cars. So there's a ability of deducting actual expenses or you can deduct a mileage per diem published by the IRS each year. So my suggestion is making sure that you determine which method is actually better for you when you put it into service, but also looking for years ahead also of what's better also. But there are also other expenses to have such that we know that real estate agents will have advertising, dues, subscriptions. They're going to have their cell phone, their internet, office supplies, marketing advertising. So there's not really limited to what you can deduct. What I would really stress for you to think about is not to worry about what you call a particular expense, but you want to make sure that if there is an expense that you had to spend, it was reasonable and necessary for you to spend money, that indeed there you have a method to make sure it does get deducted. I'm not as concerned about if it's an office supply or supply or if it's marketing or advertising. The biggest thing to know is it's somewhere accounted for and it is deducted.
0: Well, that brings up a good point because as you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder if Jason is talking about me keeping receipts in a shoe box.
1: Definitely. That is an option. However, what we want to make sure is that there's no possible way in your method to make sure you have missed a deduction. So likewise, if your method is to gather your receipts, put them in a box per se and add them up later, there's not nothing wrong with that. However, you want to make sure that all receipts are there. That particular method lends itself to a potential of us losing a receipt. That means we have missed a deduction, and therefore maybe we've missed an actual opportunity to deduct it and actually save money on my taxes.
0: Well, that's a good point. So, I mean, that that it could be the way that I keep up with it, but I've really got to do a good job keeping up with it that way. I want to hit back on something you said about auto and mileage deductions. Um, I think that's one of the things that realtors, it seems like a good idea to do, but sometimes it's not practical or it doesn't feel practical.
1: What's some practical ways that we can deal
0: with auto and mileage
1: deductions? Well, my first suggestion is, is I understand that keeping track of your automobile expenses or a particular mileage log is extremely difficult. It's fun and it kind of interferes with the daily grind of what you do. But I cannot stress the importance of making sure you do keep a good mileage log to track business mileage, but also that helps you to track the percentage of use of your business if you do take actual expenses. Well, as we're mentioning, we want to keep the most amount of money in your pocket. And in order to do that, making sure we have good proper records to make sure. We're not only doing it to make sure we have a good deduction this year, but also we're making sure that we're able to support that particular deduction in the future in case of an audit.
0: Yeah, and that's what we, I know all of us are like, no, not the audit word. But yeah, that's why we want to keep up with those good records. So you mentioned something. Deductions are one way that are be important for me to kind of keep my records together. But how else am I going to keep money in my pocket?
1: Right. Well, one is I would really st- stress to you that, your business may only be one part of your overall return. Many of the clients that we actually sit down with really just do not understand how this particular process works, meaning how does my business affect my overall taxes? A lot of times the... Uh, the particular taxpayer may just find out here's my ending results, but they really do not know what happened, why it had happened, and what can I do about it in the future. So my recommendation, one, is to make sure you have a very good system to make sure you're tracking your expenses. Any deductions that you do not put on your return, we're just giving the government more money. But secondly, is I really want you to know what all this means. How does your business affect your overall taxes? What are the percentages that you're paying on your taxes so that you can be better prepared for the following years? Specifically, with your record keeping, you may have a peer of yours that actually has one method that doesn't really work for you. What I would suggest is making sure that the method that is best for you is the method that you actually use. Try not to overcomplicate this particular system of keeping good record keeping, but just do what works for you.
0: And I know in one of those ways you had mentioned uh, when you were at Seven Secrets, I know you had talked about the importance of having a business account set up. And let's say I have that business account set up as a way to track those expenses. Is that a good way to kind of keep a, a system for me to keep my expenses together in one place?
1: I do think it's a good system if it works for you. I would much rather you do your accounting or your bookkeeping through credit card and banking records instead of receipts. The purpose of that is that if you can make the complexity um, of choosing, is this a business expense or personal expense at the time of purchase by swiping the right card per se, then what we know is if you have a separate dedicated business account, all of those transactions our business. We haven't missed it. If we've lost the receipt, so be it, but yet we have not missed that particular deduction. So therefore, now we're just accounting through those banking and credit card records. We just have to now categorize and make sure that they're there.
0: Okay. And so, and when categorizing, I think I remember you talking about this. You said you only want a few columns when you When you are taking away or you're looking at that business account, you only want a few columns on there to kind of keep up with your expenses. Do you remember what those columns were? I think it was...
1: Sure. So one of the methods that I had recommended to people, obviously, is going into banking and credit card records. Now, you can download those transactions into an Excel spreadsheet, for instance, but you could do those by hand, whatever method works for you. Not everybody knows Excel. The idea is to take those transactions, and if you can download them into an Excel format... Then I'm looking for a date, the vendor, and the amount, and then a fourth column is where we're going to classify and actually call these particular expenses a category. Now, like I said at the beginning, I'm not as concerned about how many categories or what category that you have. I'm more concerned about taking those transactions. We can sort it by the category, and then we'll just add up each category. We have at that time, we've made sure that we have everything that we can deduct because we are just using those records coming from your banking and credit card records. Then we know the where the amount came from because we have a good log, and that will just transition over to a tax return. Now, that is just one way. Some people prefer to have a, a type of accounting or bookkeeping system like a QuickBooks. All QuickBooks is is where we download those transactions into some format. You tell it what it is, and it prints off a report. Same philosophy, but at this particular time, we actually make sure it's there. If this method works for you, great. Try to use that method. But I cannot urge enough that 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 is not necessarily what's great for everyone. Whatever method that you think is great to make sure that you have all of your expenses there, just do that method.
0: So that's what I can take. So So far, what we're talking about is the importance of categorizing in whatever way that you choose to categorize. Two, having all your expenses being collected in the same place, no matter if that's in a shoebox or if that's online, having those all categorized, and then working on keeping up with our mileage. Would you say that's a good summary of
1: some of our first three things? I think it would be. And as I mentioned, try not to make this harder than it is. A real estate agent is not going to have thousands upon thousands of transactions every month requiring a bookkeeper accountant to do this, but it is extremely important as we know that many times at the end of the year is when people are looking at their expenses and try to do it strictly for tax return purposes. I would really like for you to do it, try to, during the year. Not only are we trying to determine your expenses for the purposes of taxes, but we also want you to know how your business is doing where your money is going. Can you make better decisions in the future based on having a record of where your expenditures are going? Actually, can we just make you a better real estate agent? How can we make you more money?
0: Yeah, that's a great point too. The more I know about what my business is doing monthly from income and expenses, maybe I can make some better decisions. So let's talk about that. If if I'm looking at, would you suggest me looking at it monthly, quarterly,
1: I'm going to let that be your decision. Okay. Okay. Um, I do know that real estate agents are probably not going home every Friday night, just cannot wait to do your bookkeeping. But I would say if the method is doing it monthly, great. If it's quarterly, great. Whatever works for you, just make sure that you do it.
0: Okay. And so in that, um, once I've made that determination, another subject that comes up as one of the top three questions is about paying quarterly taxes. And how we should go about paying quarterly taxes or how much money should I put aside as I have a commission check? So what is your recommendation on that?
1: Right. So since we do not have an employer taking money out of our paychecks and paying them on your behalf, therefore, you as a real estate agent, the assumption is that you're going to have to pay taxes either on April 15th, the following year, when it's due, or you're going to pay them quarterly in four installments. The four installment due dates are April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th of the following year. So, as we mentioned, April 15th is a very hard day, as in it's the due date to pay your last year's taxes, but it could be the installment to pay your current year taxes. Now, there can be an underpayment penalty if you don't pay enough, and that is based on your last year's results or your current year results kind of keeping it very more broad since everybody has a different situation is I would like for you to kind of know or each person needs to know um, what their options are, what works best for them. I can tell you this. What I want to make sure is that when you get to next January and February and it's time to do your taxes, we want to make sure there are no surprises. We want to make sure it is uh, the taxes do not go into where you have to change your lifestyle because of taxes. We want to make sure that you're planned and prepared for that. So that's, therefore, what we really encourage is to make sure that you've at least gotten some tax projections during the year. You at least have an idea of what percentages that you're paying taxes on so that maybe each commission check that does come in, you're setting aside the proper portion that meets with you. So therefore, there's no surprises or there's no sleepless nights.
0: And I know that you can't give um, an exact number. But if someone was just starting off this year and they said, you know, I really want to go in the right direction this year, is there a general percentage that they could start putting aside to prepare themselves for a quarterly tax payment?
1: Um, Once I'll kind of give you a suggestion. Obviously, this is going to be a wild number that you're not going to really want to hold to. But, you know, maybe about a quarter of a net profit is going to go to taxes. Okay. Now, at larger incomes, it could be you know, closer to a third. Lower incomes, it could go down to 15 16%. We really just don't know. But I can't stress enough that you need to know that percentage that applies to you. Ask the questions. Uh, go back to your accountant or uh, your bookkeeper or any representative that you may have and ask actually ask that question. You need to know. It's not a hard question to answer, and it's something that you need to know on income ranges what that percentage is.
0: Great. Yeah. So that's definitely something that uh, we'd want to encourage the realtors to do On here is definitely know and talk to uh, your accountant or your CPA about what is my percentage that I should be setting aside for my commission checks, because nobody wants to get that surprise uh, in April. And so that's what we want to set ourselves up for success this year and every year forward. So you've mentioned a lot about keeping my records organized and staying organized. Sometimes realtors are very organized, and some of us are throwing things in the back of our car. So what are some ways to stay organized when it comes to keeping up with things for tax purposes?
1: My suggestion is having a desire to do it. Now, I can tell you that that's not your answer you're looking for. However, I'm not going to go away from stressing that you are a business. Whether you like it or not, a real estate agent is a business. You need to treat yourself and seriously as a business. We don't have an employer withholding money for us. It's not as easy, but that doesn't mean it has to really limit about what you want to do. So what I would say is, stress the ability of being organized and having a system to keep up with it. Not as much so of thinking that it's got to be overly complex or you must have a computer system or you must pay for a software. I don't think that's the answer. I just think it has to be your desire to understand of how important it is to keep good records, not only to lower taxes, but to make sure that you can support those in the front of audit if you ever had to.
0: So if I was going to prioritize a way for me to go ahead and get more uh, focus on being organized? Would my focus be, one, find a system that I was going to dedicate myself to using to keep up with my expenses, and then, two, look at what I'm making each month, or do you think
1: that there's something in between that might take more priority? Well, I would say one is maybe if you're new in this particular industry, ask peers what they do. Um, now, that may not work for you, but at least you're getting different kind of uh, components of what they may do to integrate back into your actually system. Now, as we also mentioned is, is that we may not be computing your expenses all the time on a particular regular basis, and we understand that, and that's that's fine. Obviously, at the end of the year, is the most important. But I also would say is typically what I see is real estate expenses for a year don't really fluctuate a good bit, um, but usually commission income does. Sometimes you look out and you have some great closing and sometimes some things to fall through. But what you can also find out is if there is your commission income, there is a, not as the best way, but yet it is a way of taking a percentage of that particular commission check, sitting that aside, and at least that gets you close as well. Now, obviously, the most accurate number is going to be from your net profit after expenses, but at least you can find out what percentage works for you when you make that commission to set it aside to know that you're going to be close.
0: Well, that's a good point. So understanding the difference between net profit, my commission, meaning not just my commission, but my commission and what my true net profit is after expenses and knowing what those numbers are. That's an important step in this.
1: Absolutely. Because your commission is your starting point. That is the money that you've made. Obviously, that's not what you're getting to keep at the end of the day. Those expenses that we're talking about, obviously, they are being paid out, and you're going to get to deduct those on your tax return. So gross commission is what you receive, but ultimately, you're going to be taxed on the net profit, which is after all expenses have been deducted.
0: So looking at that, you know, one of the things I would encourage realtors to do is, you know, we often talk about spending time on your business and not just in our business. Sometimes we're so inundated with running around for clients and doing all the things that they need to do. But like you said, as business owners, we have to set aside some time to work on our business, whether that's weekly or once a month where we're focusing on our finances.
1: Absolutely. As you mentioned, we're we're business owners here. And so obviously what we make is based on our the results of our hard work and our knowledge and how we apply things back to our business. And so ultimately, bookkeeping and record tracking and taxes are a part of it. But we don't want to make this more complicated. We want to make this more burdensome on you. We want a real estate agent to be the best that they can possibly be.
0: So you had mentioned before that we might want to structure what practices and organization methods might be the best for us. Are there some types of ways to stay organized that you found in your experience and in working with other realtors that are working well with them?
1: Uh, We see a lot of people that in the past have set up their own bank accounts, maybe set up a third bank account to move taxes over. Um, Each individual is really going to have to determine which method of their organization is really best for them. Um, it's really going to kind of depend on their their representative that they, they work with, their tax preparers, to kind of see to make sure that the information of when they're gathering it and totaling it up is being transferred over to their tax preparer as well to make sure you're on the same page. And then that has been explained back to them. So those are the the main points that I would like to emphasize when it comes to tax time.
0: Okay, great. So remember, realtors, one of the things is – Yes, let's go ahead and keep a good record of our expenses. I know easier said than done, but pick whatever system, as Jason said, that's going to work best for you to be able to do that. And then two, once you've got those uh, that organization set up, go ahead and look for things that you might want to go ahead and deduct and look at some kind of monthly, weekly, quarterly assessment of how much money you're actually making, how much expenses you're actually using, and what your net profit actually is. So Jason, let me ask you this, what other recommendations do you have uh, for realtors as it pertains to this subject?
1: So we're still early in the filing season. However, April 15th is gonna be here before you know it. I would like to really encourage people to try to get their information in to their accountants, to their tax preparers in order to uh, start their return. We're finding out in our industry that more and more tax um, return preparation or more documents coming in so that we can prepare returns are coming in later and later. That is pushing where more and more people are filing in March um, and in April. So therefore, a lot of accountants are having to cut off closer to your ending of March number. So therefore, I wanted to make sure that you go going and get your stuff into your tax repair. Uh, I wanna stress on maybe one other point. Is April 15th, many people are not ready to file taxes. They don't have their stuff together. Um, I wanted to at least tell you what does an extension mean to you. So you can, on April 15th, you can extend uh, filing of your tax return to October 15th. That does not extend your time to pay the tax. So the question usually posed to me is, if I don't have my tax return prepared, how do I know what to pay? And the answer is, you're going to guess. Okay. Now, there's a small penalty for not paying in enough. Or April 15th, that's obviously not as large as the filing penalty. So, if you do need to file an extension, make sure that you kind of understand what happens if I don't make a payment, or if I do make a payment, or what actually happens in that process, just to make sure that you're trying to avoid any penalties if that's necessary.
0: So, when you say, you know, they're kind of getting information in later. Um, What do you mean, like later, closer to the April 15th date,
1: or they're just turning it in? Is there an ideal time to turn it in? Um, As soon as you can, okay? We are seeing more 1099s, tax documents, um, things that you're actually waiting on to be able to file your return. Those are becoming later and later where we're receiving those specifically broker statements 1099 interest dividends and security sales those are coming in later and later making it where our industry is some people just can't file early in february some people just procrastinate and those are all okay but that just means that in our industry we're finding out more and more people coming in march Whereas that um, more and more CPA firms are encouraging their people to go in and bring their stuff in, even if you're waiting on documents, try to go in and get into the accountant to start working on it, so we can kind of talk about what's happening and start planning for that April fifteenth. If we have to file an extension, we can, um, but we just want to make sure that you're aware of that and just don't wait to the you know in the April to start try to gather your documents and get those into your accountant.
0: Okay, Realtors, I know a lot of times we are dealing on deadlines. And so what I hear Jason saying is while April 15th is the deadline, what would be great is if we actually took the step forward and maybe started that in January or February as soon as we actually receive that 1099 back from our brokerage, which actually wouldn't be a bad thing because maybe that gives us more time to talk with our accountant and plan for what we're going to do in the future. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Also, encouragement is many people get their 1099s, and the amount on that 1099 has a lot of deductions taken from the broker. I would encourage you to really go back and reconcile your 1099s and the amount that's on there to your overall commission year-end statements to make sure that if there are internal deductions made that you're actually deducting them, or you want to make sure you don't double deduct them if they're not in there as well.
0: That's great. So realtors, you know, we are here because we know many of you set out this year and you've got great ambitions for yourself of what 2020 and beyond is going to be. And one step forward with that would be getting these organizations together for our taxes for next year. So Jason, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. And I also want to ask, how can people connect with you when the podcast is over?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, We have two offices, one in Brentwood, one in Bellevue. My office phone number is 615-591-8419. Our website is grubcpa.com. Please give us a call if you have any questions or if you do need to sit down with somebody, we would love to definitely help you. If it's not now, we'd like to uh, offer our assistance sometime during the year so that the things that we talked about today, you can kind of start implementing during the year.
0: That's great. So thank you guys all for tuning in today. Make sure to share with your colleagues. And if you have any topics that you'd like to hear covered here on the podcast, please email those requests to communications at greater nashvillerealtors.org. Jason, thanks again for coming. And next month we will be discussing productivity tips and tricks for you during your busy season.